Welcome to the Beyond the Sermon podcast, where we take your questions from Sunday's teachings in order to form a dialogue about the scriptures and what God is teaching each and every one of us. Well, welcome back to the Beyond the Sermon podcast. Today is October 17th, and this morning we were in a really, really short passage, uh, chapter 6, <laughs> all the way through into, into chapter uh, into chapter 8, so all of chapter 6, all of chapter 7, the first three verses of chapter 8. And Pastor Wayne uh, was our teaching pastor this morning, and he's actually here joining me at the uh, for our Beyond the Sermon podcast. So uh, everybody uh, right now say hi to Wayne. Hi, Wayne. Hi, back. Did you hear them? I did. It was heartwarming. It was uh, melodic. I loved it. Angelic. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, Wayne, you, you, uh, this morning you told us your pastor support ministry is here, but kind of, yeah, just give us a, a refresh. What does that look like for you uh, on a weekly basis? Yeah, the general areas of responsibility have to do with communications and uh, technology and operations. Um, so I work with the staff under those areas as well as the volunteer teams kind of through them uh, and then as well I'm involved pretty significantly in our planning rhythms as a whole with the ministry and some project management uh, responsibilities as well. That's awesome. So what you're telling me is that uh, this church doesn't just run itself. Correct. Yeah, we found out a number of years ago, probably three to four years ago now, that on average, uh, if you were to count up all the items that go on our uh, ministry calendar as events, uh, we had about 4,500 of them. So that was a bit that's moving uh, in all directions uh, all at one time. And it's a great thing. A diverse church that loves Mm -hmm. uh, to serve and has a lot of passion points, uh, but trying to make sure that those things don't run into each other. And maybe even better than that, learn how to collaborate a little bit. Yeah, that's been the goal. Yeah, no, that's that's awesome. Forty five hundred. Uh, I think for if you aren't in the weeds here, right, you probably don't notice all of those things because there's so right. much that happens during the week or in rhythms that we just don't we don't see. And so I love that our building is always busy. That it feels like there's always somebody here. That it's not just church groups, but it's community groups and all those kind of things. So you help us manage all of that. And really to make sure that we can get the most out of this resource that God blessed us with here on George Washington Carver Avenue. And so that is that is phenomenal. In fact, right now we've got what uh, the upward celebrations going on. Yep. You know, so we've got flag football upward reaches almost 400 families a year. Yeah, it's amazing. It's it's and, you know, so then they're using the gym, they're using classroom spaces, they're using the fields, they're using all kinds of things. And so to have space like that, that we can then offer it. And to have a guy like you who can help keep us sane <laughs> and, and, reasonably, and reasonably sane is is awesome. So thanks for the way that you serve our body and this morning bring in, bring in God's word. And so I think you do get the crown right now for the longest passage. What was it, 78 verses? Yeah, but I'm, I'm not going to wear that crown <laughs> for very long. That's not. <laughs> Anyways. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Well, as we're walking through the book of Acts, I think just a refresh here of why we're taking this in some larger chunks, right? You referenced, you know, Joseph had, what, 53 verses yeah. or 54 verses. I was just in a passage of 47 verses. <laughs> right. These are longer chunks than we would normally take in a sermon series. The reason that we're doing that is what you, you noted it this morning, and I thought it was a really beautiful thing you did as you read story time with Pastor Wayne. <laughs> yeah. You could have had milk and cookies. That would have been a really uh, pro yeah. move. A comfy chair, too, probably would yeah. have been good, but yeah. maybe next time. Maybe next time. There we go. Uh, but the book of Acts is narrative. 
It is, other than the opening verses where Luke is addressing Theophilus, his, uh, the guy that he is writing this story to, it is that. It's, it's a story. It's a narrative of the early church and what's happening and what's going on. And so we want to, there's a lot that happens within the stories, but, but for our purpose in our sermon series, we want to we wanna take these bigger chunks, the whole story, so that we can trace the movement of God through them and, and what God is doing, kind of giving those 30,000-foot look um, at, at the story. And so, so you had a large section here today. Uh, we, you introduced Stephen. And then you walked through, you know, Stephen's speech to the council and then and then Stephen's death. And you even foreshadowed a character that we're going to run into here in chapter nine. That is Saul. And uh, I love the way that you ended your sermon today, just about how uh, what God, uh, what man intended uh, for harm. Right. You linked it back to Joseph, what man intended for harm, God intended for good. And even there, as we, as we get the fortunate benefit of foreshadowing and, and knowing the forward coming of the story, that Paul is going to emerge as this apostle that's going to go reach the nations. And it's, he's tied right into Stephen's story and what God intended for, or not what God intended for harm, what, the, what men intended for harm. God is going to use Stephen's faithfulness in this moment, and he is just going to begin to explode the gospel into the nations. And that's, I just loved it. I love the way you ended it there and pushed our eyes uh, towards that, that larger movement of what God's doing. So thanks for doing that, man. Yeah, no, it was a pleasure. I think, you know, in the narrative uh, side of things, we don't want to slow down, right? I mean, we, we, mm-hmm. we, don't want to, we don't want to rush everybody through it, but we want to keep up the pace, and the story of yeah. the pace of the story is fast and intense and yeah. all these things that God is doing in a timely manner and in and through people. And you go, wow, this is amazing. Um, and this next step is going to be even more amazing, right? Yeah. I mean, you, yeah. a lot of times people talk about, well, what would have happened if the church had just remained in Jerusalem, right? Yeah. Well, that wasn't the plan. So I don't think we really want to say that, well, God caused Stephen's death in order to no, spread uh-uh. the church. No. But at the same time, you go, God's sovereignty and purposes here were put into play yeah. in a bigger fashion after this. Yeah. Uh, I think one thing that's cool to slow down just with a little bit, though, is the statement um, that godly men buried Stephen and mourned for him deeply. Yes. That's one that we don't really hang on very no. often. And we go, oh, man, we're running through this thing. Stephen's a great guy. It's tragic that he died. Okay, the church is going to explode at this moment. But you go, hang on a second. That tells me something really, really important. Yeah. Godly men buried Stephen and mourned deeply deeply yeah. for him. And yeah. so I think it's just an, another one of those recognitions of the frailty of life and the challenge that it is to be, uh, you know, in a broken world and in broken bodies. Um, but that's okay to to take that deeply with one another. So I think that's one that we might slow down on just a little bit. Yeah. And I think, and I think you're right. There's the other, th- the other side of it is that I think we should slow down on that. And we should recognize, we should begin to see parts of ourselves within this story. Yeah. One of the hard things about the book of Acts Luke does not give us a literal, uh, you know, chronograph or chronographical uh, moment. Okay, then two weeks later, this right. happened, right? It, it, sometimes we read this story of Stephen, we go, oh, he's rather anonymous. We don't know who he is. He doesn't, we don't have much backstory on him, as you noted this morning. 
And then he, he's chosen to serve as a, essentially a deacon, right? One that's coming to help this group of, of widows, this Hellenistic widows. And, and then all of a sudden now he's before the council. Yeah. So like, is that like five hours later? <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. two days later. Yeah. He's, uh, oh, and by the way, he's also performing miracles and great signs and wonders. Right. Yeah. And, and then, and then he's dead. Right. So is this like a 24 hour span? Luke doesn't always give us those details. And I don't think it's Luke's purpose to give us those details, but, um, but what we can, what we need to do is we need to sit, even like you said, slow down and go, oh, they're mourning. Mourning is not an overnight process. Right. Grieving is not an overnight process. So, so they must have been, they must have been grieving and mourning for quite some time, mm-hmm. you know? And so, so it's just really helpful for us to see those cues and go, oh, okay, this is, this thing is unfolding for, for some time. Yeah. And it's, it's not just a flash overnight. It can feel that way. And like you said, the, the pace of acts feels like it's, it's running and rushing and uh, by the time we get to chapter 15, the Jerusalem Council, which you referenced this morning in your sermon, uh, we're probably 10 years right. into the life of the early church. Yeah. So from chapter 1 to chapter 15, it takes 10 years. So it's this is, this is over time that these things are happening, but the pace feels really quick. And so we want to sit in both of those, right? Yeah. So that's, that's, that's a good word there. As, as an author yourself... <laughs> I, I noticed that as you were just kind of breaking down the narrative today and I was like, oh, this is a guy that's really comfortable with telling a story. And so that was cool to see. Very cool to see. Uh, so your main idea this morning was that um, ordinary ordinary faithfulness is an extraordinary thing. And you and you highlighted that and accentuated that by saying that uh, that Stephen was, um, that he was faithful in the necessary now. Mm-hmm. I really loved that phrase. That was just a, that was, I think, captivating, right? Necessary is something that is required. It's not always something that's exciting or, or, uh, exotic, you know, it's not, right. uh, it's just kind of necessary, right? Uh, I brush my teeth because it's necessary. There's no, I don't think anybody gets jazzed about brushing their teeth. Yeah. And thank you. Cause we're about a foot and a half away from <laughs> each are. other right yeah. now. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're welcome. You're Appreciate welcome. It. Yeah. Um, awesome. so I love that, that necessary. Now there are things that we all do in life that right now, that aren't, aren't necessarily fun. They're not interesting, but they're necessary. And how, how true is that even of our spiritual life? And so one of the questions that we, that we got in, um, is, is this, you know, so how can I stay faithful in the necessary now? Or another way to ask that would be, uh, what are some spiritual disciplines that help me, uh, be faithful in the necessary now? So just Wayne, from, from your life, kind of unpack, um, what are the things, because Stephen does, he's, he, the reason he's chosen to serve is because he was faithful. So before he's chosen to serve, he's faithful in really relatively boring, normal things, you know? So what are some things that you cultivate in your life to help you be faithful in the necessary now? Yeah, I think we've all heard the list. And so it's just not going to be any surprise to anybody. Um, but consistency, right? Um, sometimes yeah. we think of consistency as like perfection, right? You know, so if I missed a day in the scripture or if mm. I didn't spend as much time as I wanted to, I can feel bad about that. Or maybe my prayer life is feeling like, okay, it's a little perfunctory. I'm kind of walking through the steps, but yeah. I'd like it to be more vibrant. All those kind of sort of head games that we play sometimes, yeah. I think are um, 
they don't help. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I think they don't help us. And so I think the realization that there are just things that God's given us to connect with him through his word with, with each other, even through service and community, right? Yeah. I mean, how much do you grow over time by serving side by side with brothers and sisters in Christ in mm. causes and things that are important to the kingdom? Yeah. So there's all these ways that sort of, again, I think have a cumulative effect over time. And it's much, much harder to see either when A, you're young in terms of years, yeah. or you're B, young in terms of your years of faith. Yeah. Because you just don't have that horizon to look at. But the older you get in either of those respects, you start to go, oh, it did matter, yeah. right? Even my, what felt like feeble attempts at times, mm -hmm. but they were consistent, have amounted to something. Yeah. And I trust that God is going to going to build those in me and do things through me over time. So I think it's a little yeah. bit of sort of pushing back those messages we get sometimes. We do, we get, look, we get strong, encouraging calls to kingdom life, and that's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. But sometimes they feel like uh, expectations that um, honestly feel like, man, how are we ever going to live up to that? Yeah. And I want to discount the reality that Stephen, we heard over and over and over again in these <laughs> two chapters. Yeah. He's full of the spirit, right? Yeah. So there's a supernatural part of this that God is doing in us, but there's really a cooperation that happens over time. And I think some of it is just, again, doing what's in front of you at the time yep. and not dismissing it. Like I yeah. think sometimes in my life, I was a little dismissive of the necessary now. And mm -hmm. I think I've, I hope that I've learned a little bit more to say, okay, God, I see you in this, even though I could label it as the necessary now and something that's maybe not as, uh, you know, passionate or yeah. big as what I thought, I thought maybe you would be doing. So I think the ordinary faithfulness is a great title, um, yeah. for the, for that section of, of scripture. Um, and the extraordinary part of it is that God, you know, um, basically enables that by his spirit. So, yeah, I, I love, I love what you said there about her, you know, your horizon. And I think, I think this is the encouraging, encouragement part is Hebrews tells us uh, that we are not to forsake meeting together, right? Uh, whoever the author of Hebrews is, uh, whether it's one of the, the priests that, uh, that, that became converted or maybe Paul or yeah. Barnabas, right? Yep. <laughs> I've heard, I've heard a hundred different, yeah. uh, you know, arguments for who it is. And, uh, and so, but w they're not talking about, these large corporate gatherings, because in the early church, there weren't large corporate gatherings. They were house churches. I mean, it was a ch in, in Colossae is the only documented evidence we have of a church around 200. Mm. Other than that, it's in a, it's, it's in a house, yeah. you know? So don't forsake meeting with one another. Why? Well, because all of a sudden that expands your horizon of faith, right? So whether you're young in years or young in years of following Jesus, um, having those other people around you, that expands that horizon. So yeah, when you can absolutely. go say, man, it doesn't feel like reading the Bible. The Bible's not coming alive. The Bible is boring. How do you do this? And you can have somebody who's going, well, I've been reading the Bible for 30 years. It is going to be boring sometimes. Let me share how I keep working through that and how I've seen that over those long years of, of consistent faithfulness build deep fruit in my life. So yeah, I, I think I some of picture. it, Oh yeah, and I was going to say that I, I think some of it is just not giving up. Honestly, mm -hmm. I think that yeah. the 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 bigger part of of living a life of faith in Christ is literally just not giving up. Because there's yeah. so many opportunities where you do feel like at times, you know what? I I just 
I don't feel like I have what it takes here or things aren't going yeah. the way I thought or whatever, but not giving up. And so maybe there's a little bit of holy stubbornness yeah. that we need to build into ourselves yeah. and just say, no, I am not going to give up on this. God showed yeah. himself to me in a way that allows me to at least take one more step. Yeah. I can just take one more step. And if I can take one more step, then I can take one more step after Amen. that. Amen. Yeah. Uh, with those and the steps aren't complicated, right? Right. I think we, we often want to look under the hood for the secret sauce. <laughs> yeah. What's the thing I don't know or I haven't been, I haven't been taught yet. Or Yeah, which is tartar sauce with fries, though, Which if it, you're from the West Coast. And tartar sauce with fries is actually a really good combo. Yeah. Yeah. So. But, but people look at you weird when you order that in the Midwest. <laughs> Do they really? Just so you know. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'll have to keep that in mind. Um, but I think the church, has, the church has had three disciplines for the last 2,000 years. So how do you cultivate long faithfulness? Reading the scriptures, prayer, and 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 community, right? So both both gathered corporate community and small group community. Mm. That's that's the secret sauce right yeah. there. So you know what do I do? This is what you do. These yeah. are the things that we cultivate in our life for that for that in the necessary now to be faithful. I just I love that and how you how you put that together for us. So the other thing you shared in your sermon today was about how. God kind of gave you a, a through you a curveball. You're coming out of college. You thought you were going to get into this uh, specific ministry calling. Uh, as you, the words, I think the phrase you said, as the ink was drying on our prayer fundraising cards, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you realized uh, this this isn't the path that God's calling us into. Yep. Uh, he's actually closing this door. And then you got invited into this world of social services. And, and you really saw God's hand on that, but it was hard. Yeah. So walk us through a little bit. What did God show you? What did he teach in you? What were some things that happened that helped you walk through that in the necessary now? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and even in the dissatisfaction of the necessary now, yeah. um, that helps you to see God's larger picture and, and work in your life. Uh, yeah, I think I'll just tag on to what you ended with uh, in the last uh, question, and that was community. Um, I had a great church um, yeah. and a great small group of guys. Uh, one of the, the, he was basically like the associate pastor at, at that time. We'd call him probably an executive now. Yeah. Great guy. And uh, he was leading worship at the church. I wasn't involved in worship at all at the time. And uh, he said, hey, let's just get together on Friday mornings. And then it became a couple more guys and a couple more guys. Yeah. And met for years and years with these guys on Friday mornings over, you know, some greasy bacon and, mm. you know, some, we had a great couple of greasy spoon diners in town and we'd <laughs> do that. Awesome. So Paul was the kind of guy who could just foster a conversation, not just in the moment, but ongoing that really made you feel like, and this is Paul, my friend, <laughs> Paul, the apostle, but <laughs> I didn't have breakfast with Paul every Friday. You didn't? No. Uh, well, I don't think he would have had bacon. Yeah. No. Oh, that's true. With well, being kosher. Can you call anything unclean that is. Oh, but that's Peter's that's Peter. vision. Yeah. yeah. So, anyways, <laughs> breakfast with Paul, my friend, and all the other guys that were in the group was fantastic. And we were all walking through different seasons of life. And it was just, uh, there was a camaraderie that was there that was powerful. Yeah. Now, for me, that's a little different than uh, my family background. Um, yeah. There weren't a lot of extended family relationships. Um, our um, family, both on my dad's side, my mom was an only child, and then my dad's side was all down in uh, Oregon, and they'd come up from California, and we were in Seattle. So there were some distances there, mm-hmm. as well as just some kind of practices of not really having a lot of extended relationships. Yeah. So that was new for me and really, really powerful, and especially in those year years where it felt yeah. like uh, – 
not quite sure what's going on, but I'm just going to try and keep at it. Plus, I'm Scottish, so we're stubborn by nature. <laughs> so maybe there's something good about that, too. And I just I was like, I'm not going to give up. I just, you know, yeah. uh, Jesus has shown too much of himself to me. So Yeah, that's that's awesome. You know, I, I'm with you. I think it, when I look back on my life, uh, it's it are it's those those moments of community, other Jesus followers that are that are helping me to press on in, in faithfulness, right? And so even when I don't feel like being faithful, when I'm frustrated, um, you, you have those other people that come alongside of you and spur you on and even, frankly, kind of call you out sometimes of, yeah. your, of your junk that you're bringing <laughs> to yep. the party, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's awesome. I... Um, as you look back over that time, what were some of the attitudes or things that were inside of you that that community uh, drew out of you? You know, as you talked about being Scottish and kind of being stubborn, and there's a there's a good line to that. There's also an unhealthy line to that. Right. Yeah, <laughs> you know, absolutely. Um, uh, resiliency versus <laughs> blind stubbornness. Right. There's, there's a fine line. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, as you as you were walking through that community, yeah, what were some of the tangible lessons that you learned or feelings that were drawn up and out of you? Um, and, and or what were the good things that were replaced inside of you? You know, as you saw Jesus being faithful. Yeah. Yeah. I so I had been a musician, you know, most of my life. I went to college and I was a saxophone major, so I was going to be a high school band director. That was kind of the direction yeah. I thought I was going to go initially. So I was pretty comfortable in front of people and had uh, large portions of my life that were about performance. And there's good things and bad things about that, right? I mean, yeah. you get that in sports and all sorts mm-hmm. of other things, you know. I, if it doesn't become your identity, then okay, you know, you can try and work hard at things and be good at it. So yeah. um I immediately was no longer really doing any of those things. And the ways that I had replaced that in the last couple of years with this ministry that I thought was going to move forward was an mm-hmm. inner city ministry down in San Jose. Um, I, that was too much of my identity. Yeah. And it became clear right away, you know, that like, okay, I thought I was on this fast track to something yeah. and that something probably was a little too important to me personally. Yeah. And so all of a sudden I'm not. And frankly, um, I'm not even like working in a business where, (laughs) I mean, I'm trying to downplay social services here, but right. I mean, this is a pretty big transition from thinking I'm going to do something that I maybe think I'm important. You know, maybe I'm too, I mean, I'm thinking I'm too important about, you know, thinking this way about myself to I'm literally serving these people that I have, I had no point of reference to the yeah. world of social services and specifically folks with developmental disabilities. Yeah. And right away I had to just slow my roll and mm. go, if I'm going to serve these people, it's me, it means serving them. Right. And in all the ways that yeah. you could imagine that that, yeah. that comes out. And so there was a, there was a refining there that was really, I, I see it as good now. Um, but that's it was, awesome. a, it was a, it was a challenge. Yeah, that's for sure. So what two things that I heard in there is that God used that that inconvenience of the necessary now in your life to uh, to form and and strengthen your identity in Christ. Yep. And then secondly, uh, to reform your heart of service. And so that is that is awesome. That is awesome. Well, awesome now, not great <laughs> right. then, right? As you yeah. noted, but. Yeah. How powerful, again, I think, I think the contrast here, and I, and, and when I love the power of your story there and the power, even as, as you brought us to Stephen today, we, we underestimate the power and the importance of the necessary now. They seem boring. They seem mundane. They just seem like it's the everyday thing. We want the big, we want the wow, especially within our culture. We're very celebrity yeah. oriented. 
And yet there is something, there is a deep, powerful, long work of God that is often uh, and, and significantly found in the normal, right? In the necessary now. And so thanks for just opening up and sharing about that because I think that gives us a really good picture and a really strong picture of what Jesus wants to do in us even in the normal mundane things of life, that ordinary faithfulness. Um, and that's how that's just critical for our journey with Jesus. So, well, Wayne, thanks again for joining us here and just unpacking and, and wrestling through some of these uh, some of these questions here. Uh, again, love that the, there's no secret sauce to this thing of Jesus. It's, it's reading the Bible, being in prayer, and, and being in community, both gathered corporate worship and in... Um, in, in small group community and how that expands our horizon to help us kind of see the forest through the trees spiritually and be and be motivated to be faithful even in the boring regular everyday things so Wayne thanks again for joining us man yeah amen all right we'll catch you guys next Sunday and uh, with a story about uh, uh, an Ethiopian eunuch who gets baptized see you then <laughs>